What can give you a competitive edge in today's red-hot housing market? Rocket can. That's because Rocket Mortgage can give you a verified approval. It could help your offer stand out because when you find the perfect home, you don't want to lose it to anybody else. Rocket technology provides a rock-solid verification of your income, assets, and credit, giving sellers and their agents greater confidence in you. We've already helped over 1 million clients just like you reach their home financing goals this year alone. So remember this, what can help you buy the home you really want? Rocket can. Go to rocketmortgage.com or call us today at 8338-ROCKET. That's rocketmortgage.com or call 8338-ROCKET. A verified approval is based on an underwriter's analysis of your individual financial information, appraisal, and title report. Call for cost information and conditions. Equal housing lender licensed in all 50 states and MLSConsumerAccess.org number 3030. We're in a battle for America's soul. Liberty is at risk. It's time to speak up. Welcome to Brooke Talks America with author, publisher, conservative advisor, and patriot, Brooke Says. For years, Brooke's been behind the scenes, helping conservative leaders articulate a vision for a better America. Now, she's front and center, and the mic is hot. Here is your host, Brooke Says. Hello, hello. Welcome to Brook Talks America, where we discuss politics and culture from an unapologetically conservative perspective. No rhinos here, I assure you. I'm your host, Brooke Says. I'm here with my co-host, Colonel Jim. Um, and make sure you connect on Facebook, Twitter, while we're still on there. I'm also on Gab. Email info at brooktalksamerica.com. Check out the website. Um, and if you'd like to partner with the show and be a sponsor, let me know. Send me an email. And if you'd like to donate, you can do that. Help keep conservative voices on the air like mine. Uh, so from Hot Topics to History, you can be sure if it's happening in America I will be talking about it. You can listen to archived podcasts of this show on my website, brooktalksamerica.com. Also, I'm on Captain's America Third Watch every first and third Tuesday morning at 5.30 a.m. Colonel Jim is on every Wednesday morning at 5 a.m., both on this station, Salem Media Group, AM860, The Answer, and he is on Nationwide. You can get my podcast on iHeartRadio, Apple, Amazon, Spotify, and Automatic. Also, I have an app, which you can find in the Play Store. A new article is coming in the works. Uh, it's on that garden gnome, elf on a shelf troll, fraud, fa- uh, fa- fraud Fauci. And make sure you get extra service protection because it's going to melt your phone. Just saying, be on the lookout on my website, brooktalksamerica.com. And, of course, I'll be sending out via Facebook, Twitter, and Gab. And um, sign up for the on the website for new announcements. Just a quick shout-out to the Bel Air Republican women. Those are real strong women. I enjoyed meeting you yesterday and spending some time. And also, if you have gum problems in uh, lithia, you have to check out Cherry Blossom Dentistry. I'm telling you, it's a miracle what they've been able to do. I have serious problems, and I used to put it off. You will not have to put it off any longer because there's no pain. I promise you. Trust me. So let's get to the jelly. I have as my guest today Joe Kent. He is a retired special Army Special Forces Chief Warrant Officer, that's Green Beret for the layman, who served for 20 years, over 20 years, and completed 11 combat deployments. He is also a gold star husband. His wife, Navy 
Senior Chief Petty Officer Shannon Kent was killed in 2019 conducting special operations against ISIS in Syria. After Shannon's death, Joe returned home to the Pacific Northwest to raise his sons and to bear uh, to be near family. He is currently running for congressional seat in Washington State's third congressional district. He is seeking to primary rep. A Republican, Jamie Herrera Butler, who was one of the 10 House Republicans who voted to impeach President Trump. Rep. Butler also was a witness for the Democrats in the impeachment hearing. No good. Joe is volunteering now, like he did 23 years ago, to restore the voice of his community back to D.C. and for the future of our nation, and I'm sure for his kids. Find him on Twitter, Facebook, Gab, and his website, JoeKentForCongress.com. And with that, I'd like to welcome you, Joe. Thanks for coming on the show. Thank you so much for having me on. It's great to be here. Absolutely. Now, I am hoping your candidacy will serve as a template for other Republicans and for one reason in particular, which is even though you're an operator and a warrior, your opposition to pointless foreign wars, which is what we've had. We're in 20 years of the Afghanistan war now and almost 20 for the Iraq war. You know, I liked Crenshaw till I realized he was all in for the continued interventionism of the past Republican establishment uh, rhinos. And I say, no, no more neocon warmongering. So if you're winning, if you're not in it to win it, then get out. Right. That's exactly right. And I think uh, President Trump, the way he went about foreign policy, really demonstrated how we can stay out of pointless foreign entanglements, but still keep our national security priorities balanced and put America first. So the way that he took out Qasem Soleimani, the way he yep. took out ISIS, but without getting us deeply entrenched in more foreign wars, I think really sets the template. It's something that um, those of us on the ground have been trying to articulate for years that President Trump really gave wings to. Absolutely. And and the thing about Trump, I always say, is he's such a gangster. You know, he was eating chocolate cake. With she, while he was dropping a Moab on the Taliban in Afghanistan. So that is a strong <laughs> gangster move that shows you, look, yep. we've got the goods and we can smoke you anytime we want, but we're not trying to get involved everywhere because trust me, there are bad guys everywhere. So I like that philosophy. Mm-hmm. So I had Eddie from Stocking Mill Coffee on my show and he, ha- you know, we ha- talked about your story. So I knew about it, but only kind of in the abstract. You know, at that time I hadn't talked with you or seen pictures of your family yet. You know, you have an incredible story. Not only did you serve as a Green Beret, but your wife served too, um, also as a, you know, with Intel Special Ops. Uh, And you have a beautiful family. But in 2019, your world was turned upside down when your wife was killed in Syria. I want you to talk about it for the audience. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, both my wife and I were career military uh, special operators. Um, She was on her fifth combat deployment to Syria. Um, so she was no no uh, stranger to combat and conflict. She had pretty much spent her adult life like I had, uh, deploying into war zones and into harm's way. Um, she was deployed in November of 2018 for the final push to go take out the caliphate. So about a month later... Then Obama funded, Trump, by the way. Thank you. Go ahead. <laughs> exactly. Right. Exactly. So I... <laughs> I had been over there uh, on the Obama push to go take out ISIS, and it was a, a night and day difference. We were deployed yeah. with no real uh, purpose or will to, to defeat ISIS. Um, so, yeah, like you said, it was completely, totally pointless under Obama. But then Trump came in and gave us the mandate to go destroy ISIS. So Shannon was part of that final push. About a month after her deployment, uh, the territorial caliphate was defeated, and President Trump tried to get our troops out. 
And that's when uh, General Mattis or Secretary of Defense Mattis at the time, Brett McGurk and other unelected bureaucrats started slow rolling him and you know, mm-hmm. driving the narrative that Trump was some buffoon who didn't know what he was doing. So Shannon and uh, her fellow special operators ended up getting left in Syria. They had to stay there to continue mm-hmm. to continue to stay in harm's way. And then about a month later, she was killed by a suicide bomber. She was killed alongside uh, three other great Americans. Um, so after that, I, uh, I was working in the intelligence community at the time. I had the opportunity to meet President Trump at, at Dover. He was very gracious, uh, very kind. But he also, once he, he learned of my background, he um, asked me what I thought. And, you know, I, I had a real frank discussion with him that I, I thought that he was right, but I, I didn't think that he was getting the support that he needed mm. from, you know, the senior leadership of our national security apparatus. And so that kind of started an informal relationship that I had with the Trump administration when we talked about foreign policy. Um, and so, I, you know, I, I got a really good opportunity there to work and to, and to kind of uh, relay some of the ground truth back to people in D.C. that I think was, you know, had been missing for the two previous administrations. So, um, you know, after after I had to leave the government, I continued to work with the Trump administration here and there, talking about foreign policy, mostly Iraq and Syria, um, and then planned to go work in a second Trump administration in the National Security Council or in the Department of Defense. Uh, but then we all saw what happened in yeah. 2020. Um, so we're between the election and Jamie Herrera doing what she did. I, I just I couldn't see a more clear sign for me to get back in the fight and, and really step up um, and try and bring back real leadership in the D.C. Well, and, you know, the audience, you let this be a, a very clear indication. OK, these are real people with real lives and real families that are affected directly by this kind of interventionist, send your kids, yeah. send someone else's kids, by the way. You know, these are the these, the people that the, the left mocks and says, oh, you know, John Kerry, Chins Kerry, who I call him, it's a joke. You know, he <laughs> says, oh, well, you know, they, they join the military because they don't have anything else to do. That's not that's not the case. People who join, some people do that. That's fine. They want to get the GI Bill. That's fine. You know, people have their ways. They join because they love the country, because they understand. And so. You know what it takes to be free. I'm a free woman because of people like your and your family sacrifice and your own wife who understood what it meant to be a free woman as well. Right. Putting putting people people putting themselves in harm's way. But you don't just, you know, send people everywhere, you know. So that rate people like Raytheon, <clears throat> Lloyd Austin, yeah, I'll get into it that in a minute, yeah, you sure. know, can enrich themselves and people like Megan McCain. By the way, did you know that her father was John McCain? Yeah, I said it. So, you know, <laughs> people like this can go and be wealthy and, and you know, get money and, and Mattis, you know, Madison and, and uh, oh, my God, the the first the other the guy who lost his um, Marine. I can't remember his name. Joe John Kelly, John, uh, John Kelly, yeah. John Kelly. Yeah. They get money from the contractors. You know, they get money from the defense contractors. So everybody wants war because it makes them money, right? But they don't care about who they're going to send, you know, into harm's way. For what purpose? If it's for a good purpose, that's one thing. But, uh, you know, so, you know, I'm glad you're in it. But, you know, in your Twitter video, everybody needs to go to his uh, Twitter page. Um, What's your Twitter handle? So it's Joe Kent, 16, J-A-N, 19, so 16, January 19. Okay. Oh, okay. Was yes. Okay, good. So in your Twitter video, you uh, call yourself right off the gate, which I love this, an America first Republican, which obviously, obviously means you're pro-Trump. And I love that. You know, I think it's a great way for any candidate to self-identify. My position, right, if you don't unapologetically 
call yourself a Republican and you don't unapologetically support President Trump, you won't get my vote. And the GOP establishment still doesn't understand that. It's about Trump, yep. yes, but it's more about the willingness for a Republican candidate to fight. OK, if you identify yeah. as America first, you know, you're automatically on the radar and you'll get extra heat, which means you're up for the fight. Right. That's exactly right. Yeah. I mean, I, I think for far too long, we've, we've gone with the traditional, uh, you know, traditional Republican talking points of lower taxes and just very dispassionate. Yeah. And I think yes. the traditional Republicans love being in the minority because they can just complain then, but there's no there's no actual onus on them to take action. Correct. So I think we just need to jettison that. But they can still go to the parties. American first. Yeah, exactly. They yeah. can still go to the parties. They can still ask people for money. You know, hey, we need to fight the Democrats. Give me some money. But then when they're in power, we see what they do. They slow roll and they get nothing done. Even when you have a guy like President Trump who's like, hey, let's get some Let's get some stuff done. Let's put the American people first. And then you have the, the establishment that just you know double crosses them every step of the way. Yeah. Well, you are listening to Brook Talks America. I'm here with my guest, Joe Kent, for Washington's Third. And we will be right back after the break. More Brook Talks America coming up. Welcome back to Brooke Talks America with Brooke Says. Check out the blog at brooktalksamerica.com. Here's Brooke Says. Welcome back to Brooke Talks America. I'm your host, Brooke Says, here with Joe Kent. And this segment is brought to you by GDSM Productions, creative expressions through breath- breathtaking design. Since its inception in 1993, GDSM Production clients have included many publicly held corporations as well as small and mid-sized startups. GDSM Productions works directly with clients, enabling a direct line of communication that results in outstanding, cost-effective marketing materials that effectively hit their mark the first time. With only 20... 20- Uh, with over 25 years experience visit her facebook page gdsm productions to get connected and get a quote on your upcoming project so uh, again i'm here with uh back with joe ken so you know the rhino gop establishment has shown rights they're not only not willing to stand up for president trump for me that's by proxy not standing up for me right there's a great meme uh, i'm sure you've seen it that with uh president with trump that was on social media. It says they're not really after me. They're after you. I'm just in the way. Right. And that's exactly right. We see from Democrats, they hate America, but I, you know, I don't really, I think there's a good, there are a good bit of Republicans who hate their own voters too. You know, I like to say that Trump happy Gilmore, the Republican party in a way, you know, (laughs) right. So like he invites everybody to the table and I think the country club, you know, established him and doesn't really like that. Um, And if you're in the audience and you haven't seen the movie, you you'll watch it and understand you are primarying, you know, this is supposedly not the thing to do, but I love it actually, because you're primarying a so-called Republican that pulled a mittens Romney. So that shows you're actually willing to fight. Talk about the, the candidate and what they did. Yeah, so, I mean, the biggest thing that she did was she voted for the uh, impeachment of President Trump, and then she went one step further, and when the actual trial was going on in the Senate, she volunteered to be the star witness for the Democrats. She claimed to have some sort of overheard conversation between Trump and Kevin McCarthy. Kevin McCarthy said the conversation never happened. So they started having information anyways, but she was just trying to put the spotlight on herself. Um, I don't know exactly what her motivations were there, but even before that, you know, 
she was just a really, really bad Republican representative. So when we were in the majority, she voted to end the emergency declaration at the border wall that ended the construction of the wow. wall and then hamstrung, you know, our border patrol agents. Um, so she voted with the Democrats for that. She voted when we could have repealed and replaced Obamacare. She crossed the aisle and voted with the Democrats. So anytime we could have made some real progress to keep our country safe, to keep our economy safe, to get Obamacare, you know, off the backs of hardworking Americans, she she just didn't show up and vote. And in, in the course of her 10 years, too, actually 11 years at this point, she's missed over 800 world call votes, you know. So she just got extremely comfortable in the Beltway doing whatever she was doing there um, to enrich herself. And then she stopped talking to people here in the district. Um, she stopped holding town halls. She stopped going out and seeing people. Um, we're, at a, we're in a very critical place. We're the only part of red that touches the Pacific Ocean in the uh-huh. continental United States. And we're, we're right between Portland, Oregon to our south right. and Seattle and Olympia to our north. So for far too long, we have a, a really big conservative base here. But I think most people's calculus was, hey, if they have an R by their name, we just got to vote for them. Because if we don't, we're going to get some crazy Democrat from Portland or Olympia or Seattle in here. Right. And then, you know, the thing, then everything's lost. So if she's a Republican, we just got to go ahead and vote for her. But I, I just think the conventional wisdom of never primarying a incumbent, we just have to get rid of that. Because if these people aren't going to stand up for us, they're just as bad. It's not worse because they're inside the gates. They're just as bad as Democrats. So it's it's time for that that logic just to to I think fall by the wayside and for America First Candidates to stand tall. I totally agree with that. It it is I you know on this show I talk about I, I criticize I'm a I'm a conservative right so I vote Republican but what I am is a conservative and I'm a super right. deplorable you know uh, mega. I'm a super Trumper and everything. So is Colonel Jim. I mean, he he's so he's so pro Trump that he gets a lot of heat as the, he's the chairman of the Republican Party in Hillsborough County. So I totally agree with that. Um, and I criticize the Republicans almost more because we claim to be yeah. for something. So if you're going to vote for Democrats and what you mentioned, you know, I didn't realize those specific points. Those are key points that we elected President Trump for to vote against right. core issues like Obamacare and the border in particular. Immigration's my key issue. So if you're voting against the border yeah. wall, you need to go. OK, so um, Absolutely. and I'm going to. Yeah, I'm going to talk with Captain Matt of Captain's America Third Watch. He has he has a show that goes nationwide, and so we'll talk about connecting you up with him and getting you out there to That'd the people great. in Washington for sure. One of the issues uh, I take on head I take head on in this on my show, and it's actually the theme, which is culture and politics, or politics and culture from a conservative perspective, is culture. And I won't rep- repeat the uh, Breitbart quote because this audience already knows it. I-, I know you do too. But in this era, you know, there are a lot of cultural issues in the forefront, namely the horrible wokeness uh, and its policy enforcement t- teaching like anti-whiteness, critical race theory. Yeah. And of course, you are a white guy, so you're obviously a grand legal. Wait, wait. No, no, no. That was Democrat Robert Byrd. Never mind. Never mind. Um, (laughs) Right. So in your case, though, and beyond the sort of general application in the miseducation system, it's horrific to see what's happening in the military with this. Uh, You know, and before you answer, I want to this is I'm going to play a clip from that bubblehead from the Bronx. Uh, She's talking about the border, but she ties it into something that you will relate to in terms of a, a term that she's using. She finds objectionable. So I want you to listen to this before we talk about it. Just gut check. Stop. Anyone who's using the term surge around you consciously is trying to invoke a militaristic frame. 
And that's a problem because these, this is not a surge. These are children and they are not insurgents and we are not being invaded, which by the way, is a white supremacist idea, philosophy, the idea that if an other is coming in the population, that this is like an invasion of who we are. So she is obviously not a Mensa candidate, okay? Um, (laughs) She is like a helium tank at Dollar Tree with what's going on (laughs) up there in the brain, okay? But, you know, people follow her. She had a total of 16,000 votes, and she runs a Democrat party. So, you know, even stupid can be powerful, obviously. She's like Oswald Bates. If you haven't seen In Living Color, check it out. She is totally the uh, female Oswald Bates. The problem is is that that kind of thinking is what Defense Secretary Lloyd Austin is apparently looking for, not only in general, you know, the general military, but there was a special, um, a diversity officer in the special ops department that has now been reassigned, apparently. But this is serious stuff. I mean, you can't have this in the military, especially in something like special forces, special ops. It's insane. No, that's right. (laughs) Yeah, that, no, that's exactly right. It, it's the thing is, I think with all this this wokeness now, the the Democrats have taken control of the culture, and they did that a long time ago. They took control of the media, and they did that a long time ago. And right now, they're making some of these really over the top, I'd say, woke policy decisions to really rub it into our faces mm-hmm. and to demoralize us. I think it's very strategic what they're doing. So I, I think Lloyd Austin going in there on day one and saying that he had to come up with all these programs. <laughs> to eradicate the huge threat of white supremacy. Well, first off, he's an absolute hypocrite, and he knows it, because he's a product of the United States military. I mean, he, yeah. he was a very successful general as, a, as an African-American man, and we, he knows full well that we have these, um, these checks in place to make sure that we're not putting terrorists into our ranks or giving them security clearances. So for him to say that that's a huge issue, he knows that's not true. And so the message he's sending is that, hey, if you, you were a supporter of the last president, then mm-hmm. I'm looking at you. And that ripple-down effect that, ha- that has on all the subordinate commanders under him and all the subordinate uh, civilian leadership under him is that, hey, I need to watch what I say, and I need to make it look like I'm going to be really tough on Trump supporters. Otherwise, I might get the axe next. So the ripple-down effect that that has, I think, is massive. And then they put in a guy like Estrada. And they, to me, it was deliberate. I'm talking about mm-hmm. the diversity officer mm-hmm. they put down at Special Operations Command. They intentionally didn't have him scrub his social media. I mean, it's 2021. Everyone right. knows if you're going to get a, pub, a public position, you need to scrub your social media. So to me, it was deliberate, and they wanted to see if they could get away with it, and they almost did. But a bunch of us – I mean, I, I wrote an article, um, and, or an article was written about a bunch of comments that I made, me and a fellow Green Beret who's also running for Congress down in Texas, Dan Egan. Shout out to him. Yeah. Um, we both um, – said some stuff publicly on Twitter that got turned into a Breitbart article. I knew a bunch of other veterans spoke out. We called him out. So we channeled we channeled a little bit of AOC. She's good at getting the spotlight. So yeah. all of us sounded off, and we pointed it out. But they tried to get away with it. And I, I think they thought that they were going to get away with it, Joe Biden and all the wokes, to say, hey, look, this is who we're putting down Special Operations Command because we know most of you guys lean right, and you better watch your P's and Q's. So luckily, we, with a little bit of media that we still have left that can you know, gain traction on the Internet, I think we did put a spotlight on him. So we're still in the fight. I know a lot of people are demoralized after 2020, and I get that. 
But I think if we band together and we call things out, I mean, hey, give credit where credit's due. Channel some AOC. She's, she may be a dent, but she's, uh, she's pretty good at getting the spotlight. So we just need to sound off when we see this stuff. Yeah. Because all they're trying to do is break us down and demoralize us and control language and control the entire culture. I totally agree with that. And I like that, you know, the GOP doesn't have a clue about any of this stuff. They're so terrified. No. I mean, this is what I always say. White people's greatest fear in general is to be called racist, right? So they will do yep. anything. I mean, they will yeah. go wash a stranger's feet. Just some stupid idiocy yeah. like we've seen in the culture. And you mentioned it. The left owns the culture. They own school. They own everything. So the fact that you understand that it's a strategic breakdown, they don't. the general Republican Party not only doesn't even think that way, they don't know how to fight it. And as soon as someone says something, you know, Trump would say something indelicate. It really, they're not afraid. Nobody's actually afraid of anything Trump said. They just know that they can go to the media, say yep. they're afraid or, oh, I'm so triggered. You know, the blue hairs are triggered and the psychos <laughs> are triggered. Yeah. Nobody's really triggered. They say worse than that, you know, at their own cocktail parties, I assure you, okay? But they, oh, they they know that they own the media, and the media runs the whole thing. The other problem, though, you mentioned, so it's not just Lloyd Austin. Honoré, I mean, you know this guy. Austin is very political, right? Honoré oh, yeah. is like that times 10. I mean, he's Al Sharpton 2.0, and he's the one that's supposedly going after. I, I, I worry about him way more than even Austin because he's the, the a rabid pit bull that's going after the, you know, the January 6th situation. I mean, I yeah. know I know someone who was actually there. I get it. There were, in fact, Trump supporters. I know someone who was in the Capitol. I've seen the video, okay? Don't come after me. Anyways, uh, but it's but we know the deal about what usually happens with this. They're not talking anything about Antifa, right? They're not talking right. about Black Lives Matter. And by the way, this is a complete segue. I don't want to get into it too much, but you know what MLB backwards is? BLM. Yeah, I said it. So I saw that on Twitter today. I thought it was great. They're not really interested in who is in being unbiased or anything like that. It's all about, as you say, which is a, such a brilliant point. It's all about crushing the morale of the patriots. And this yeah. is happening on a global scale with anybody who is about the populist message. Yeah, that, that, that's exactly right. I mean, I think since January 6th, I mean, January 6th did, did left a huge favor. You know, I mean, we all yes. know at this point that, you know, it wasn't a planned insurrection. It was a bunch, there were some individual actors who acted, who acted poorly, but the left, because they have control of the media, yeah. they, they took it and they're milking it for all it's worth. And they're trying to, they're trying to silence us. You know, we can't talk about election fraud. And then now they're going to go after every single institution in the United States mm-hmm. government to, you know, quote unquote, purge it of, you know, what they call insurrectionists, but really anybody who doesn't adhere to their their line of thought and thinking and i think they're just doing it so over the top right now because they know that people are you know downtrodden after what happened in the election of 2020 and they're just really trying to stick that knife in and they're trying to get conservatives they're trying to get the populist conservative trump movement to really disassociate itself from politics that's their goal because if they if they can if they can make us so disenfranchised that we don't show up anymore to vote then you know Stuff like HR1 that's going to just yes. codify oh them being able to steal elections. That's just their final check. But if they can get us, if they can get the Trump supporters, the deplorables, not to show up anymore because we're so disenfranchised, then that's a huge win for them. And they do that by, like you said, shaming traditional Republicans and saying, what, are you guys racist? Are you guys insurgents? Yeah. Are you insurrectionists? And then 
the Republicans do what they traditionally do is they go, oh, God, no, not me. Don't call me that. I'm not that at all. I completely disavow, and they get defensive. Right. And when you get defensive, you know, a big bully is just going to keep attacking, and the left does that so well. So I, I think everything they're doing right now is just completely over the top. So all these government appointments, the Dr. Levine, you know, the, oh my the transgender God. secretary, <laughs> that was that was done to stick it right in our yeah. face. We're all like, oh, my God, is this really happening? And they're like, yes, it's happening. It's absurd, and you will take it. Yeah. You know, to me, it was, it was a total psyop. And there's only one Republican that really called it out, and that was Rand Paul. The yes. rest of them just, you know, asked, asked her some basic questions about health care. It's like, no, don't ask her about that. She talked about giving puberty blockers to people. Ask her that. Well, well, not only yeah, not only that though. So that person, it also took their mother out of the nursing homes while putting other people corona positive patients. But one of the things that, uh, in in addition to what you said about wanting to demoralize us, I also think, and I've said this, you know, several times on my show since the election, they know. Okay, the Democrats need eighty-five to ninety-five percent of the black vote in order to win. Okay, that's why they know that people are waking up. That's why they took it down the walkaway page originally. That had nothing to do with January 6th. They know that people are waking up their own constituents. Okay, so they have to. It's a really stupid ploy. And one of the things so they assume that there are no black Trump supporters. Right. The no Hispanics, Trump supporters, no gay Trump supporters. No. You know, even there are some tranny. I mean, Trump is such, you know, so extravagant. Even some of the trannies love him. Seriously. So, you know, they're they're missing, you know, they're they're, you know, jumping the shark. But they know that they have to do race, 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 which is why the media is setting up the Chauvin. If that guy doesn't go to jail for the rest of his life, the country's going to burn. But I mean, we could I have to say. I love the fact that, and again, if you're running for Republican, you need to listen to Joe, support Joe if you've got some cash. I don't know where the conservative billionaires are, but they need to throw some money your way. And all these fighters, if you are running as a Republican, listen to Joe, be willing to fight. Let them say what they're going to say about you and just fight back and say, okay, if that's what you got, put it all on the table and let's talk about policy because I'm going to win 10 times over on policy. Our ideas are better. Our thinking is better. We understand, you know, we just have to understand the culture. So I love it, love it, love it. Go support Joe. So I want to thank you for coming on the show. I wish you well in your campaign. Stay real. You know, don't back down the Patriots. And and as I said, hopefully some people with cash will throw it at you. And again, I want to, you know, find Joe on all the social media platforms. Joe Ken for Congress, um, including soon, I'm sure, President Trump's app. And maybe uh, Lindell has something. Keep fighting the good fight. Prayers for your family and happy Easter with your precious sons. Absolutely. Happy Easter. Thank you so much for having me on. I really appreciate it. Absolutely. Take care. And uh, we will talk soon. And you're listening to Brook Talks America. We will be right back after the break. More Brook Talks America coming up. Does anybody know the real definition of racist? Hello, I'm Ron Edwards on today's page from the Edwards Notebook. During the Democrat Party 2020 presidential election primaries, then Senator Kamala Harris called Joe Biden racist. No surprises there because most white Democrats are racist and destructive enemies of this wonderful republic. As is Nasty Pelosi, Chuck Schumer, Joe Biden, etc. Now many Democrats, including Joe Biden, believe that if you are in favor of enforcing U.S. immigration laws and vetting people at the border, you are racist. 
Democrats also believe that if you prefer good moral standards or Judeo-Christian ethics, you are racist. Democrats also promote the insane concept that requiring high achievement for black American students is racist because they prefer blacks to be dummied down, easy to control dolts on the Democrat plantation of low standards and low brow living. By the way, to be racist is to have an unreasonable bent against others, to believe others are inherently inferior. Democrats think blacks are inferior and thus seek to lower all standards to accommodate those they believe have less ability, which could destroy our republic in the process. Mm-mm-mm. I'm Ron Edwards. Check out the RonEdwards.com. Welcome back to Brooke Talks America. Visit on Facebook. Search Brooke Talks. And now your host, Brooke Says. Welcome back to Brooke Talks America. I'm your host, Brooke Says. Another awesome Edwards notebook from Ron Edwards. As always, it's so... White liberals are racist. Democrats are racist. I just don't understand why people don't get it. Seriously, we need to keep pounding that drum over and over and over again because it's absolutely true. To lower standards like that is to basically say we don't think you can do it. And why would you ever vote for someone who says you are incapable Oh, my God. Anyways, you know I rant, so I'm not going to get into it. This segment is brought to you by Barely Pod Furnishings, 802 North Suncoast Boulevard, Crystal River. They're open Tuesday through Saturday, 10 to 3, 3,000-square-foot 3, store with unique home decor for making your house a home. Use 20% off using code BTA20. It's always BTA20. We still have the um, wicked virus, and we have some amazing audio here. First of all, you know my boy Tucker. I love him he slashes and burns on Fauci and that's what I've been doing the entire time you know I say he ought to be tried for treason uh for sure and put before the Hague for crimes against humanity but not only that we have an amazing audio from the CNN medical examiner so we'll play Tucker first and then we'll talk about the other one if you were going to pick someone to manage a response to a pandemic, Tony Fauci might be at the very bottom of your list. Fauci has been wrong about significant issue after significant issue. Remember, he said we shouldn't wear masks, then we should. In January of last year, he claimed there was a, quote, minuscule risk of corona transmission in this country. As late as March, he was encouraging people to attend political rallies. So the question is, how did Tony Fauci get so much power? Finally, someone has addressed this at book length. Steve Deese is the author of Fauci and Bargain, the most powerful and dangerous bureaucrat in American history, which we are happy to say is the number one best-selling book in America right now. It was amazing. Steve, thanks so much for coming on tonight. And congratulations on this book's immediate success. It tells you there was a, a lot of pent-up frustration. Um, so what did you learn in writing it about Fauci? That never has someone had more power in the history of this republic to be more wrong than Anthony Fauci. And Tucker, stop and think about it. And everybody in your audience, everyone, every life, every home, every family, every school, every church, every business, all have had their lives impacted or turned upside down by someone they didn't cast a single vote for. And, and yet right. we sit here and he has no accountability, a track record of failure over and over and over again. And in our book, we wanted to beg and ask some of the questions that are long overdue of one Anthony Fauci. God, there are so many questions. I have to say I, I, I'm zeroed in on this question of the lab in Wuhan. Fauci has, seems to be running interference for the Chinese government pretty consistently. Why do you think that is? 
there's no good answers to that question. Uh, you know, we, we talk about the FOIA request that Judicial Watch just successfully got in the Daily Caller uh, from Fauci's, uh, his bureaucracy uh, and back and forth communications with the Chinese government. But that's just one of a myriad of bad questions. For example, on February 20th of last year, Fauci, or February 28th, Fauci wrote in the New England Journal of Medicine that when he analyzed the data for COVID-19, he thought it would just be about as bad as a pandemic level flu. And then 11 days later, he went to Congress and told everybody this is going to be Captain Trips, and that's what shut the country down. But if you look at the data now, as we sit here today, the case fatality rate is 1.8%. The infection fatality rate, if you look at CDC, says we have 10 times more cases than we've tested. That would put it at 0.18%. His original cautious and modest estimations have turned out to be true. So then why, Tucker, did he abandon those for the fear porn we've seen the past year? We must get answers to questions like that? What changed from what he wrote on February 28th and maybe the most esteemed publication, medical publication in the country, to then what he told Congress? What changed those 11 days because it changed the fate of America? Guess what changed? Guess what changed? The election, of course, because that's what all of 2020 was about. Crimes before, crimes against humanity before the Hague. That's Fauci. Okay? I said it. I keep saying it. You got to watch out for my article on Fauci. And remember, a couple weeks ago, I played an audio of a scientist who worked with Fauci 30 years ago, whatever it was, on the AIDS situation. He said he's a total fraud, too. He doesn't know what he's doing. Not a real scientist, just a longtime bureaucrat. Okay? But here's the real deal. Okay? Here's what's really going on with the coronavirus, with the lockdowns, and the media's facilitated in fake news CNN. Unbelievable. Clear to them that the vaccine is the ticket back to pre-pandemic life, and the window to do that is really narrowing. I mean, you were mentioning, Chris, about how all these states are reopening. They're reopening at a hundred percent, and we have a very narrow window to tie reopening policy to vaccination status. Because otherwise, if everything is reopened, then what's the carrot going to be? How are we going to incentivize people to actually get the vaccine? So that's why I think the CDC and the Biden administration needs to come out a lot bolder and say, if you're vaccinated. You can do all these things. Here are all these freedoms that you have, because otherwise people are going to go out and enjoy these freedoms anyway. Oh, my God. Thank you for saying that on tape. Okay, that should be a commercial for every single Republican running against a Democrat from now until eternity. They're doing this on purpose. The Democrats are now getting a bailout for shutting down cities and states to hurt President Trump and by proxy hurting their own citizens. Who would do that? These people are seriously evil. A carrot? You don't give me my freedoms, Heifer. I get my freedoms from the Constitution and from God, okay? Everybody needs to share that video a gazillion times. Blow up the Internet with that video, which means they'll probably take it down. But we got the sound. We've got it, okay? Seriously. Uh, I really can't even believe it. But that is what you're dealing with here. So we need people like Joe Kent. Okay, we need to crush the media, defang the media, crush big tech and get candidates like Joe Joe Kent in office and clean up this swamp. You're listening to Brooke Talks America. I'm your host, Brooke Says. Back with more and Colonel Jim after the break. More Brooke Talks America coming up. Welcome back 
to Brooke Talks America with Brooke Says. Connect by Twitter at Talks America. Here's Brooke Says. Welcome back to Brooke Talks America. I got a little hot there. You know, I get excited. I can't believe these people. I mean, I'm just so grateful she said it on videotape because we're going to have that forever. You can't take that away now because I have it saved. Okay? And we're going to use it. We're going to use it against them because she gave away the whole ball of wax. Uh, so I'm your host, Brooke Says, here with Colonel Jim. Uh, Colonel Jim Warshak, who's a former deputy director for intelligence at U.S. Central Command, served on the White House National Security Council, and is currently the Hillsborough County, Florida GOP chairman. So welcome, Jim. And obviously, there's so much going on. We want to make sure that we can cover as much of it as possible. Um, before we get into the border, though, I want to talk a little bit about the uh, the latest situation, the Capitol Hill suspect. Very inconvenient situation about him. What's the situation with uh, the... The uh, that guy <laughs> can't speak today. Apparently, you, you know, I don't know if the Democratic Party, if the political left is sitting there just wringing their hands every time there's a mass shooting or there's oh, an yeah. attack, a gun shooting or some kind of attack. You know, they're just sitting there. This is it. Yep. We get to use this as the poster for gun control. And every single time it turns out it's something else this time. Uh, or they always want to blame a white guy. Well, that's that's where I'm getting yeah. to. They want to they want to call it white supremacy. Mm-hmm. They want to blame the white person. This time, well, it's another Muslim guy who is tied to Farrakhan and the um, you know his his group, Nation of Islam. Nation of Islam. Damn. By the way, Farrakhan is still on Twitter. Yeah, not President Trump, but Farrakhan. Yeah. Yeah, you know, and we'll and happens. all it is is damn another one gone to waste. We couldn't use that one. And, off the news page, the the oh, guy yeah. is Muslim. Uh, unfortunately, we lost. Uh, well, no, 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 no. Let's step back a second. It's a black guy. It's a black American who is Muslim. Okay, so they lose on two fronts because it's not a white guy; it's a black guy. So sure. Tariq Nasheed is crying right now, of course. But it's they want to blame it always on white guy. It's a black American who happens to follow Nation of Islam, so he's following Farrakhan, and he's black. So he's not, you know. These are narrative two narratives that get cut off. And by the way, the last mass shooting was not a white guy; it was a Muslim guy. So just want to clarify. It's a racial issue as much as it is that, and it's probably more so a racial issue because Farrakhan's American Muslim. Anyways, go ahead. So you know this is this is what the third one in in as many weeks, and you know the, the Democrats are sitting there with their gun control bills ready to go, and they need something to you know bolster that effort and to get get their to justify their reason for doing so. And here's another situation that that failed. So. But he didn't have a gun either. No. <laughs> he had a car and a knife. Yeah. So outlaw cars and knives. You, and outlaw Farrakhan while we're at it, okay? Yeah. You, you know, and, 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 you know, this, I look at it as this was really uh, orchestrated because they have gone down the hate police and, and, a, and a police officer yeah. was killed and injured. So you have the combination of all these different things that the Democrats have been pushing, and it's, it's, it's backfiring on them. And like I said, unfortunately, we, we lost a, a great uh, police officer and first responder, 18 years veteran on the Capitol Police Force. And, you know, it's just, it's just a sad state that this is what the Democrat Party tries to build their, their effort to 
for fundamental change in America, and it's just not working. Yeah, the funny thing, too, funny, not so funny, but the the interesting thing, too, is that they, they're playing Twister by trying to, like, when do they support the cop, when do they not support the cop? So they supported the cop, the cop, the one cop in January 6th, right, he died. Not murdered, died of uh, natural causes. They supported the cop that died in the last mass shooting, and they support this cop, but they only supported support him when they tr- when it meets the, or they think that it's going to meet their narrative and then they don't care anymore because now they're back to defund the police so it's always a twister game with them on who they care about and why but um so it's it's you know one thing i have to say though where are the pictures right right that's what i said where are the pictures those, of those... the mass shootings that are coming right when the democrats have a bill on their desk just saying scratching my head you know just have to wonder where are the pictures they're getting away with wag the dog just saying anyways so we obviously have the border crisis that they don't want to call a crisis the kids in cages that were built by obama that sandy's not crying about anymore that she says don't call it a surge because they're military age men just like in syria or you know that were crossing into germany that are actually crossing yes it is an invasion because half of them are ms-13 okay and by the way you're supporting people who are throwing them, throwing three and five year olds over a 14 foot wall. So don't say that you care. Crying heifer, not crying faker. Anyways, I want to get into some audio though. I, I we're not going to play the 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 audio of P. Saki, right? Talking about the illegal alien children that are getting educated right in San Diego, but not American citizens. Because they don't care because all the volunteers, they can't be volu- bothered to volunteer to teach American citizens, but they're doing it for, for uh, illegal aliens. But I do want to get into Martha Radish. Yeah, I know that's not her name, but it's funny, okay? Who's talking to someone at the border? This significant surge coming after President Biden ended Donald Trump's so-called remain in Mexico policy, requiring asylum seekers to wait there for their court proceedings. Since then, many of those tent cities along the Mexican border have emptied out as people start streaming in. We were there when a bus of 56 asylum seekers arrived at Casa Alitas, a Catholic charity shelter in Tucson. Men, pregnant women and children stepping off the bus with only what they could carry. This father, who asked that we not show his face, traveled to Mexico from Brazil with his wife and three young kids before crossing the border. Would you have tried to do this when Donald Trump was president? Definitely not. Definitely. We had the chance, you know, the, the same violence that is going on today was there last year. We used to watch the, the news and uh, I definitely won't do this. So did you come here because Joe Biden was elected president? Basically, basically. Uh, the main thing was the violence in my country. And the second thing I think was Joe Biden. Bingo. Okay. That's why they came. They even got the T-shirt. Okay? So why is she talking like that, though? I don't understand. But anyways, here is, oh, this is delicious. This is the end-all cherry on the top for the stupid Sunday that we're dealing with at the border. This is Jill talking Spanish or something like it. So say it with me. See, say padre. The future is ours. Thank you. See, see, Broadway. 
And no se puede, Jill. No se puede. Okay? Apparently not, because she doesn't even know. This is the pandering. Okay, what are you going to do? I ain't no way he's tired. Next? I don't think so. This is Democrats. I don't know who they think they're, you know, they're pandering and everything like that. And that's why they want the illegals to come over the border. They don't care what happens to them. They just want votes. So hopefully if you're paying attention, you'll know that that's the case. Jim, it's insane, the border. Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) They don't give a damn about it. You know, I was just heartbroken watching the video of the little kids being thrown off the wall. You know, and they blame Donald Trump for this. Donald Trump had probably put the best port mm-hmm. border policy America has seen in decades in place, and it worked. And it wasn't designed to be uh, run, you know, the way the Democrats are. Come here, we'll give you stuff because we want you to vote illegally in our country, because that's the way we set this whole thing up. Donald Trump said, get in line. You want to come to America. You go through the process. And that was working. And he built his he was building his wall. He put in place policies. The policy was the wall itself, because people were not compelled to come to the United States for no reason at all. Mm-hmm. Now, Joe Biden is saying, the border is open. Come on. And why is somebody coming from Brazil? Brazil is a pretty prosperous country. It's one of the most prosperous countries in South America now. You know, when I listen to that, somebody put that guy yes. up to that. Somebody used him, gave him a passport, plane ticket, whatever, mm-hmm. to get to some point to then come up. He People aren't leaving Brazil because... Life is horrible in Brazil. Life is, 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 is fine in Brazil. And it's okay in a lot of these countries. This is all, this is pandering by the Democrats to get votes, period. Yeah, they don't care. And the other thing, too, you know, you have, uh, they have these strains, right, of, this is probably why, okay, so the Brazilian variant, that's probably why they have him and everything. But they're sending these people all over the country, particularly red states, of course, so pay attention. Why? So that they can spread the virus back into the country. Yeah, absolutely. You know, the, you know, the newest version of the virus is the Brazilian strain uh, that's out there. And we're bringing people in, not tested, mm-hmm. not wearing masks, no social distancing. Pack, pack them in the back of a pickup truck and let the cartels who operate in all 50 states now. That mm-hmm. wasn't happening under Donald Trump. They are now literally, I've seen the map that the uh, um, U.S. government had put together, you know, was put out a couple of weeks ago. They're going into every single straight state, as you said, bringing them there, particularly to red states, to help spread the virus. Yeah, because why? They hate freedom. They want votes and they don't care about you. They don't care about taxpayers. It's just like I said about teaching the kids in San Diego, but not having kids uh, school open for American citizens, but one day a week. So it's absolutely unbelievable why you would vote Democrat. You either hate yourself or you hate your country or you're just plain stupid. Sorry. And if, I hope you're a Democrat and you're listening and you get offended because I'm happy if you do. Seriously. it You can't be supporting this. I'm being sarcastic. You can't support this stuff. What ha- They threw a three- and five-year-old over the wall. They shouldn't even be coming that far. And if you see the pictures, they all have cell phones, okay? there's a. I saw this really, really big girl. She's not walking. She's not walking. She's getting brought here, okay? So they don't care. They're trying to turn every town into a border town, and they don't care. And uh, none of the liberals. How many people does Sandy have in her apartment? How many people does Nancy have or Newsom have in their vineyards? None. 
Okay. So, anyways, we have to get on to something else, which is, um, you know, I had the had the audio of Fauci, and we're talking about that. But this is really incredible, and I'm just so glad about it. Is Redfield from the CDC was on talking about where he thinks it actually starts with the um, the the virus, and then I want to talk. I want you to talk about gain of function and how that relates. So, Dr. Robert Redfield, the former CDC director, is speaking out for the first time, saying publicly where he believes the coronavirus that caused the pandemic came from. These extraordinary comments come in a new interview for a CNN documentary airing this weekend. If I was to guess this virus started transmitting somewhere in September, October in Wuhan. September, October. That's my own view. It's an only opinion. I'm allowed to have opinions now. You know, I am of the point of view that I still think the most likely uh, etiology of this pathogen in Wuhan was from a laboratory. Um, you know, escaped. Uh, Other people don't believe that. That's fine. Science will eventually figure it out. It's not unusual for respiratory pathogens that are being worked on in a laboratory to infect a laboratory worker. For the first time, the former CDC director is stating publicly that he believes this pandemic started months earlier than we knew and that it originated not at a wet market, but inside a lab in China. Yeah, in Wuhan, China which CNN called it that way for several uh, weeks before Trump said it. And then they said it was racist to say what they said for several weeks. Here's the thing, Jim. So they're they're going to say he's a Trumpian guy, of course. Bannon has been talking about gain of function that he believes that happened at that lab. Explain gain of function for the layperson who doesn't understand. Okay, first real quick, I want to say I wrote an article last year in February that talked about And we'll this. put it up. And um, I believe, too, that this began in in September, October. Gain of function. When you listen to this, this is where they take viruses and study how they might be modified to become more deadly or deadlier or more transmissible. That's the purpose of gain of function. You find a virus, you you do stuff with it, you manipulate it, and you want to find out, how can I make this more dangerous? Who does that? Now, they say they do that because they want to test the capability of future um, vaccines and things against it. But when you start doing this, and this is being done in China. This is not being done in the United States at our level four laboratories. This is being done in China. And that only opens up a lot of questions. So, But that's what gain of function is. How do we make this more deadly? Well, and that's the thing. You know, Fauci, we, Trump had pulled back funding to, this, to the uh, WHO. Fauci gave tons of uh, millions of dollars to the Wuhan lab. So there's all kind of stuff going on that we don't know about. But they were manipulating that virus. They knew yep. it. The Chinese were doing it. And they were not do. you know, it's not like when Iran says they want nuclear for energy. They want it for a bomb. China was doing that for surreptitious, subversive reasons. And everybody needs to understand that. And it did originate not from a wet market, from a bat to a human. It originated from a human to human transmission uh, investigated virus. So that's the deal. And Redfield says it. You're not going to be able to dismiss him. He's a virologist, too. Fauci is a fraud. So... This is what we have. We need three more hours, obviously, but um, that's that's what we got. So I want to close and say wish everybody a happy Easter and hopefully you can go go to church in person. Okay, that's what you need to do. Go to church in person. Show your faith and proclaim it before God and he will proclaim to his father. Happy Easter, everybody. And we'll see you next week. You've been
been listening to Brooke Talks America with author, publisher, conservative advisor, and patriot, Brooke Says. Connect by email, info at brooktalksamerica.com. By Twitter, at Talks America. And listen next Saturday night for more Brooke Talks America on AM 860, The Answer.